All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Ethan. This is Crystal. And this is What's in a what's Name. What's in a Name. Crystal, you were so laggy. No, I was not. That was, it was like on the money. Mm, you were like a full five seconds behind me. Mm, your boy can't count. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But anyways, before we begin this week's episode, you guys, it is with deep regret that I have to inform you. You probably already know if you tried to listen to last week's episode, it doesn't exist anymore. We did get together to record an episode, but I blame Ethan. His audio was terrible, and I didn't want to subject you guys to that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's gone. Um, so we'll try to do better this week. I mean, I hopefully... Ethan saved up his pennies and was able to get better equipment. Um, but with that being said, Jessica's still out. So we have another guest host this week, and it's Dawson. Welcome. <laughs> yes, welcome, Dawson. Um, just a quick note, Crystal, I don't appreciate the shade. Um, I, but I think what I'm most upset about is uh, that it got screwed up on a week that Jessica just happened not to be here. Um, so she is never going to let us live down the fact that we need her to make this podcast. And I'm already, I'm already pre-annoyed by it. <laughs> That's actually a good point. Um, so I agree. Honestly, Jessica probably sabotaged our audio for that exact reason. She wants us to feel like we need her. Um, so I blame Jessica. Uh, she's out again this week, you guys. So again, hopefully this goes well. <laughs> Yes. Anyways, welcome, Dawson. Um, thank you for guest hosting today. You're welcome. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, why don't you give our listeners a little bit about who you are? Uh, okay. Well, uh, my name's Dawson. Let's see. I am a science teacher. Well, I have been a science teacher for the past six years, but I'm going back to graduate school for biotechnology this upcoming fall, which I'm super duper excited about. Um, so I do have an interest in science, uh, which is one of the reasons I chose today's topic, which I'll get oh. into in a little bit. I'm excited for that. And you're a science teacher. So every time I feel like I hear about people who are into science, um, I just think about Bill Nye. So if this if this episode blows up, you can be the next Bill Nye, Dawson. That's, that's exactly right. That's what I'm <laughs> counting on. So make sure you edit this very, very well. Yes. Fingers crossed. Um, so as always, effects. we've got a nice little intro question. Uh, so why don't you why don't you hit us with it? All right. So this week's intro question, I want to know if you guys are superstitious or if you guys have any particular superstitions that you practice. Ooh, that's a good question. I I don't think that I'm overly superstitious. Um, I know about a lot of superstitions, but don't necessarily pay much attention to them or like listen to them. I would think the the main one for me is probably anytime I don't want to jinx something, I'll usually say like knock on wood, and then I'll knock three times on whatever surface is closest to me. Um, it's almost never actually would, but I think it's really like the thought that counts when it comes to superstitions. And I think like the curses and the ghosts, they understand and they respect my three knocks, even if it's not on wood. No. Yeah. I, I think they, I'll think they'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. Very scientific. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Crystal? 
So, um, I would say a little. There's like certain things. The the knocking on wood. So saying that is something I do as well. And I try to knock on wood, but like Ethan, it's never any wood around. And I would say is don't split the pole. So like when you're and a pole comes up, like you have to walk on the same side of the pole or the person's going to get hit by a bus. I've seen it in a movie. I have never actually heard that one. Is that the superstition? Like if you split the pole, you will get hit by a bus or just bad things happen? Bad things are going to happen. Okay, I was like, that's <laughs> a very specific. Uh, I like it. I like that superstition. Um, I would say my biggest one is knock on wood as well. Um, I think it comes from, <laughs> I'm going to nerd out. <laughs> so uh, I would I play Pokemon a lot. And that the battles have a very uh, random number generation, random number generated uh, luck based element to them like for example if you get hit by an electric move sometimes you get paralyzed and there's like a 25 percent chance of being paralyzed and when i would always play and i needed to win i'd be like oh the chances of that are nothing and every time i thought that and you know it's probably like that that mental thing where you only notice the bad things happening but i swear every time i thought that guess who got paralyzed <laughs> me <laughs> so i i do knock on wood i it's i don't know if it helps or not but um that's my only big one um my only other one is when i see salt being spilled i get a little nervous but i don't i it's like i don't know what's going to happen if someone spills salt and doesn't throw it over their shoulder or whatever and i can never remember if it's right or left so i'm just like i didn't see that Oh, is that what that is? I've heard like the salt spilling thing, but it, so it's bad luck if you spill salt unless you throw it over your shoulder. Yeah, I think it's bad yeah. luck if you spill salt, and if you you can remedy that by throwing it over your shoulder, but it's only a specific shoulder, and I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> also, just thinking about your Pokemon story and how like that just is like collective childhood trauma. I I feel like I had the same thing where you're like, oh, I'm never gonna have a status ailment or whatever, and then it always seems to happen. Oh, I'm not gonna yeah. flinch. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Oh, yeah, okay, and that cost me the game. Yeah, and then I blame it on that, and not because I had a trash Pokemon team. Exactly. <laughs> how did you beat all six of my Pidgeys? They were unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so let's jump into our topic for today. Um, so my, the topic that I chose is the placebo effect. Um, can you guys tell me a little bit, I mean, it's not, it's, it's a common, um, event, common effect that people have heard before, but I'm curious what you guys know about the placebo effect. Yeah, so someone who grew up watching Bill Nye the Science Guy I know all things science. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's when you're performing like an experiment and you give a group a fake antidote or medicine and it works. <laughs> Man, that Bill Nye coming in clutch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kind Best of the science teacher I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same thing Crystal said, though. Just the idea that if someone's like belief about a treatment um, is positive or whatever, it can actually affect their health outcomes. And like more broadly outside of medical treatment, it's just the idea that our beliefs, our expectations can affect actual outcomes of things that we experience. Sure. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, you guys hit the big uh, idea of the placebo effect, but hopefully I'll uh, give you guys a little bit of history behind it and some things that you have not um, heard about it before. 
So this is a phenomenon where a person has a positive response to a treatment that should produce no effect. That, in a nutshell, is what it is. Um, this fake treatment can include drugs. That's the most commonly um, thought of one. But it can also include medical devices and even surgery, which I'll give you an example of um, the placebo effect uh, in surgical interventions. Um, the history of the term placebo is der derived from the Latin, phase, the Latin phrase, uh, placia, which means to please. And I really wish that they taught Latin in school because so many, so many things are based off of Latin. Like I was reading that and I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the word placate, which also means to please or, you know, to please someone. Um, I was like, oh, that's probably not knowing any Latin. That's probably where that word comes from. And uh, it was first used, so the placebo effect was first used to debunk phony medical procedures. I believe the first um, medical procedure it was used to debunk was this guy. He noticed that when he touched cold metal to people's ailments or wounds, it would, um, it would relieve their pain. And so he's like, oh, connection there. He patented a device that was just two metal rods. And he would charge lots of money for people for him to <laughs> touch people with these metal rods and uh, cure them. And it did work, but people were like, this is fake. And they tested it out um, with like plastic and uh, or wood. Um, something else telling them it was metal or this, you know, magic metal, whatever he was touting it to be. And it worked just as well as the metal. And so there was something obviously going on there. So that's what, uh, that's the first like historical use of the placebo effect uh, to debunk uh, phony medical procedures. But one really interesting example that I found of the placebo effect uh, effect was uh, a placebo controlled surgery. So uh, in this trial, um, people were uh, having knee pain. Uh, it was they went in for an arthroscopy. Um, which is they go into your knee and they clean out like bone fragments for from injured knees and stuff. Yeah, kind of gross uh, because they were having complications with the knees, pain um, for the most part. Um, and they gave half of the group the real surgery. They went and cleaned everything out. And then the other half, they, you know, used anesthesia on their um, knee they even made a little incision they talked through the procedure with the nurses and everything like that just as they would a regular uh procedure but they did not clean anything out besides the little incision that they made which was identical to the real procedure they didn't do anything to the knee and it worked just as well as the real surgery i was like what that's crazy um and so this fake surgery worked as well as the real surgery and so it kind of goes to show that the very action of receiving a treatment produced relief of the symptoms just as often as the actual treatment. And a lot of the times this will happen under certain circumstances, which I'll get into a little bit uh, later. Uh, and you do have to, um, in science today, you have to prove, if you want to prove something works, uh, you have to prove that your uh, treatment works against a placebo. So you can't, if you want to prove that a new drug is effective, you've got to show that it's going to produce a greater effect than a phony harmless drug given under the exact same conditions. And that's a very big uh, idea there. It's got to be given under the same conditions um, because the environmental, um, the environment of giving the placebo is often 
a big contributor of the placebo effect. Um, have you two uh, heard of uh, or experienced any placebo effects in your life uh, or even have any practices that you might consider placebos yourself? Uh, I want to give preface it with an example. This is kind of a hard thing to think of right off the top of your head, but uh, I take vitamin C when I uh, feel a cold coming on. Um, and I've done research and they say vitamin C, taking like an overdose of vitamin C is supposed to do nothing. There's no evidence that it helps a cold, but I swear it works. Like I, I feel better after taking a bunch of vitamin C and it sometimes, usually I feel like, uh, prevents that cold from getting worse. That's so funny you say that, Dawson, because my mom is like the same exact way. She swears by vitamin C. Mm -hmm. um, and so she's always like, oh, you need to be taking it during winter or whatever. And I'm like, ma'am, mm -hmm. this box of vitamin C at Walmart is like $100 million. I don't know mm -hmm. why it's so expensive. Oh, that, that an <laughs> um, airborne, like emergency and airborne. Yeah. So yeah. it's so expensive, but I'm like, I'm not buying this, but if you buy it for me, like I will gladly partake in this delusion. Um, in fact, <laughs> I remember listening to a podcast where there was a lady and she was like the preeminent researcher on the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. And even she was like, I still take vitamin C and I give my kids vitamin C, even though I like know so much about the placebo effect, because she's like, just because I know about it doesn't mean I'm not immune to it. <laughs> right. Oh, that's, yeah. that's nice. And I'll actually get into that. That's an interesting effect as well. Yeah. Um, so and I was just thinking about your question. I don't I don't know if this is settled science or not, but I use computer glasses like the kind that, um, you know, they say, like, block out harmful computer light or whatever it is, yeah, that, whatever yeah. it does. Yeah. And that like it helps reduce eye strain and fatigue or whatever. Um, and I've read that they're actually not effective at all. And I even think that the, the American Academy of Ophthalmology has like actually gone so far as to actively not recommend special glasses glasses for computer users, but I swear they make a difference. <laughs> I've got them on right now. Dawson, <laughs> you just put yours on. We're, we're like I have a pair of those, yeah. I don't wear them anymore, but because I'm not zooming as much as I used to. So I sort of have one. Um, it's not something that I do that I like, I'm like, oh, wow, this makes me feel better. So I think it's like the exact opposite of what the placebo effect is, but I don't know what that term is. Maybe you do Dawson, but like, I, it's like the same theory of the placebo effect. I will read something and then I will get sick. <laughs> like, um, like, I'll read, read a book. Are you allergic? To yeah. Like I'll read about like a disease or something. Thought. And shut up. <laughs> oh, a disease. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. Uh, and um, then I'm like, oh, I got it. And I'm like, I feel the symptoms. Like, I'm sick okay. now. Like, I have this this disease, this condition. Mm -hmm. My doctor growing up said I'm a hypochondriac. I don't know I, if that's necessarily true. I but... think that might be the term for it instead of placebo effect in this particular case. Crystal, the irony of you being like, I have every disease except for hypochondria. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope that's not lost on you or your doctor. <laughs> I woke up and I was fatigued. I was tired. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Other than that, no, I don't do like the vitamins or anything like that um, because everything I do is backed by science. Peer, peer reviewed <laughs> everything. You got to research it before you do anything. I get it. I respect it. <laughs> 
So the next thing I want to get into is why placebos work in the first place. What is causing them to work when they shouldn't? Um, and so studies have been done about the placebo effect, and it turns out that most of the time, uh, placebos work best on symptoms uh, that are modulated by the brain, such as the perception of pain or uh, the perception of emotions. Um, so they've been shown most effective for conditions uh, like pain management, uh, stress, insomnia, um, and even side effects for harsher things like cancer uh, treatments, like fatigue and nausea, and like I said, perception of emotion. So some um, forms of depression um, as well. Um, how placebos exactly work in the brain isn't 100% understood, but it involves complex neurobiological processes um, that usually are, that are um, predicted, I should say. I should say, uh, to involve uh, neurotransmitters, uh, endorphins, dopamine, uh, the placebos will uh, release these feel-good chemicals into your brain, which are, of course, linked to mood, emotional reactions, self-awareness. And when those areas of the brain are activated, they can have a therapeutic benefit that kind of goes, is systematic throughout your entire body. Um, but it's not just the brain chemistry that's at work. You also kind of need a ritual of the treatment. Um, when you look at studies that compare drugs to, to placebos, it's the environment in which that the, the placebos are given um, that also affect this placebo effect and make them work. Uh, so, you know, you have to go to a clinic at a certain time. You have to um, be seen by doctors, which you're assuming that you trust. Um, you are getting attention and care, you're given pills, shots, whatever. Um, and all of this can have a profound impact on how your body perceives symptoms because you are, you feel like you're getting the attention and care you need to get better. And so that, of course, involves, you know, the psychology of, of the placebo effect. I did a little more digging and it looks like uh, they did, they did a study where they actually did brain scans of people that, you know, had placebo versus real effects. And I'm not going to pretend to know the brain, but it looks like it does affect the middle frontal gyrus brain region, which makes up about a, a third of the frontal lobe. And so there's something going on there that uh, is affecting the placebo effect. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that like, it wasn't just like mental, like in our mind, but it's also like a, like a physical thing that's going on in our brain that like the placebo effect is literally replicating what medicine would do in some cases, but without the actual medicine, like you said, the neurotransmitters and stuff like that. I didn't realize that there was like a biological component to it too, not just mental. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your, your body is like naturally producing this, but it's like being tricked into doing it. You know, there's some deception going on. Yeah, I feel like whenever I think about the placebo effect, um, one of the first things I always think about is um, from the sixth Harry Potter book. And mm -hmm. so for everyone who is just in love with Harry Potter out there, you probably already know what I, where I'm going with or where I'm going with this. Um, but in this book or in this part, um, Harry gets this potion called Felix Felicis that when you take it, it gives the, the user like unusual amounts of really, really good luck. 
And so one day, Ron is really nervous before his uh, Quidditch match. And so Harry pours some of the potion into Ron's drink, um, or at least that's what Ron thinks happens. And then Ron ends up playing a really good game of Quidditch. And I think they actually end up like winning the game and he does like a really great job and is like the star of that game. Um, and then he thinks it's all because of this liquid luck that uh, that Harry gave him. But in reality, Harry never even poured it into his drink. Um, he didn't even like open the potion. It was just Ron had thought that he did that. And so it was all in Ron's mind. So I think like, is that maybe an example of placebo effect? Oh, yeah, I for sure think so. Uh, that's a really good example, too. And I'm wearing, I just want to point out, I am wearing a Hogwarts shirt right now. So I very much appreciate that uh, reference. But yeah, I think that that would get into the uh, perception of emotions. Because when you are nervous and when you are anxious about something, you usually it's a self-fulfilling prophe prophecy. And it will make things worse and you'll overthink and you'll do worse um, but if you have a good attitude and brush things off and you're like, oh, that's all part of the plan, right? You're going to uh, have a better attitude about your surroundings and that will breed, uh, I guess, your own kind of luck. So yeah, yeah that's a really good example. Yeah. And like, um, this is probably not totally the placebo effect, but I remember reading stuff about like cognitive reframing of situations where they talk about like, if you're going up to give a speech and you're really nervous and like your heart is racing and your hands are sweaty instead of telling yourself like, Oh, I'm feeling these emotions because I'm anxious. And because I'm anxious, I'm probably going to screw up. They talk about reframing it and saying like, Oh, I'm experiencing these symptoms of a beating heart. And like my mind is racing and all these different things. And you tell yourself the reason I'm experiencing that is because of this adrenaline. Like I'm excited to go up. I'm really looking forward to this. And that's why I'm so like pumped for it. And that kind of like, cognitive reframing of the experience is maybe like somewhat of a social placebo effect where you're looking at the symptoms but you're telling your brain like oh no it's actually a positive emotion that i'm experiencing not a negative one yeah i think that's a good example too i've actually tried that before and it didn't work well but i think that's where the placebo effect comes in like is useful because you're not necessarily doing it to yourself someone else is kind of quote unquote tricking you into thinking it yourself so you don't need to trick yourself that makes sense yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point yeah. so um could the placebo effect be dangerous like are there any negative side effects um yes there that's actually really transitions really nicely into my uh, interesting fact uh so there is a phenomenon called the nocebo effect and it's as you might guess, the opposite of the placebo effect. And uh, I thought it was just like someone being very uncreative about the name, like, oh, placebo, <laughs> how about nocebo? But <laughs> it is actually also based in Latin. It's based on the word nocia, which means to hurt. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, it is actually based in Latin as well. Um, and so the, no, uh, the nocebo effect is if you expect something, a uh, side effect, like a dangerous or negative side effect, um, then it can also happen as well. Um, so yeah, so pretty much a negative, a negative effect instead of a positive one. But other than that, it's the exact same. Um, and this can be influenced based on the uh, patient's experience if they're if they have you know they don't trust the medical system or they they don't trust their healthcare provider uh, or something like along those lines, then they are more likely to uh, 
to experience a nocebo effect or attribute something that may not be related to their treatment that is negative, they might attribute that to their treatment. Um, so yes, there are there are negative side effects to the uh, placebo effect. I'm just imagining like in a in a study when someone is given like a placebo and the, how like the the commercials for drugs are like have so many side effects and the person is like only experiencing the side effects and none of the actual benefits. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's 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 what can happen for sure. Especially and even worse if you're like nervous going in or you don't trust your doctor. And yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So if the placebo effect is potentially dangerous or if it's or harmful, um, how can we go about mitigating it in situations where we feel like we maybe should do something to reduce the chances of it occurring? Um, so there are a couple ways. So uh, the placebo effect is a double-edged sword. So like sometimes you want, you do want the placebo effect. Like I'd be great if I could take, you know, something that's not ibuprofen to get rid of my headache and it's, you know, just a sugar pill or whatever. Um, and in some cases we, we don't want the placebo effect. Like if we need to know if a treatment actually works, um, so it seems like the habits or rituals that invoke the placebo effect could be a perfectly fine way to mitigate certain conditions. And in some, in some cases, they could be as good as the treatment, um, especially if it's like a harsher or uh, harsher treatment with addictive drugs or something like that. Um, the problem is that uh, healthcare providers are not allowed to uh, intentionally treat with the placebo effect like it's against the code of conduct or maybe even the law didn't go into that but um i also assume that it would be they would be liable if they could have treated treated someone and they decided to use to go the placebo route and like their condition got worse or they you know got harmed because they didn't use science-based or evidence-based treatments on their patient and so um yes placebo effect can be good and that's one way you could get more of it but it's it's not practical in, in an actual healthcare setting um and as far as mitigating the placebo effect to know if a treatment actually works there are plenty of ways to do that um have you guys heard of a double blind study Yes, I have. My professors in my undergraduate psychology degree would uh, be very ashamed of me if I had not. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. As a graduate from Bill Nye at the Science Guys School, I have heard of it as well. Good, good. So I'll give you a little, uh, for the listeners as well, I'll give them a little, uh, a little taste of uh, what a double-blind study is because you hear that term all the time uh, if you look into, sometimes they even mention them in commercials like, oh, proven against a double-blind study. And I was like, what's that? Who cares, right? Well, what it is, is it's to reduce the effect of the placebo effect. Um, so a double blind, uh, in a double blind, well, let me back up. In a single blind study, the patients don't know what drug they're getting. They're getting the placebo or the uh, real drug. Uh, but in a double blind, neither the patients nor the researchers or doctors giving the drug know what drug they're giving until afterwards. I mean, somebody must, right? But they don't. The person that, that is giving the drug doesn't, which is kind of funny to me because that implies the fact that there's some kind of tell that doctors have when they're giving their drug. Like, 
Like they're like making like total unblinking eye contact as they're writing the prescription, <laughs> or like like the the patient's like, yeah, asking questions like, "Can I take alcohol with this?" The doctor's like, "Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Take two and don't call me in the morning." It's it's just like I just it's funny to me that there must be a tell, otherwise a double blind wouldn't be useful or needed yeah um, i think too with the double blind right like um they have to kind of blind the scientists because if the scientists know who's getting the placebo and who's not then they could also potentially treat those people different and like for example from pain medicine they could like uh you know rate someone's pain as lower if they think that that person is on the correct medicine or not so it's like um scientists who who should know better are also totally uh, you know, accidentally be skewing the data or bias. Yeah. Which is just, it's just like, it's just interesting that even knowing about it, it's still a really big problem in, in research. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is interesting. Especially if the scientists want an outcome, they can be biased, you know, uh, even though obviously they shouldn't be, but that is the point of a double blind. So, um, double blinds, uh, reduce the effect of the placebo effect, or at least make it clear um, between the groups, the placebo and the um, non-placebo groups, uh, which treatment is actually getting an effect. Um, because if it's the exact same across the board, then the treatment is not effective. Um, there's actually, what's interesting is there's also a study type called an honest placebo, where the, the patient's know that they're getting a placebo like the bottle is like labeled placebo or the doctors will tell them in some way that this is you know just a sugar pill but it helps some people and so they know they're they're getting a treatment that should not technically work for everybody and what's crazy is that it works it doesn't work as well as if they were being deceived completely but it can absolutely work uh, like a placebo, even if you know you're getting it, which brings me to the question, can you placebo yourself? And according to that fact, you, you can, you can actually placebo yourself, even if you know you're getting a placebo. And it goes back to that, that idea of getting attention and care, right? So if you are doing something, even if you're not, even if it's not proven to help, it can reduce or mitigate symptoms especially if they're psychological so you know our vitamin c you know and our you know uh, other things that we do even even like rituals like going to the gym or eating right obviously those will produce benefits themselves but sometimes that ritual and habit of care for yourself can can produce effects beyond what science says it should because you're in a, in a way, placeboing yourself. So I thought that was very interesting. It makes me think too about how like, people say like, oh, when I'm coming to you with a problem, it's not because I want a solution, it's because I want to be like seen and validated. So kind of the same idea with the placebo effect, right? It's like, we're not um, directly solving the problem, but we are, like you said, giving treatment and we're paying attention and kind of validating the concerns there. And that in and of itself is very helpful in helping reduce like the pain or the anxiety or the negative effects, whatever they are. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for this lively discussion about the placebo effect. Uh, I'm curious, what are your one sentence takeaways from tonight? 
Um, after doing this episode, um, I gather I could be a high school science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think you should. You should take my job. Chris was like, move over, Bill. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Bill, my who? <laughs> um, for me, I, just, I really love the saying, I would rather be occasionally deceived rather than perpetually suspicious. Um, and I think that resonates kind of with this, uh, with the placebo effect. And just, I, I want to be more willing to believe the good side of things and maybe more hesitant to believe the bad side of things. Um, that'd be kind of my takeaway from the conversation. Okay. I think uh, my takeaway is, uh, it's su- I just find the placebo effect super interesting. Um, and that it's it needs some kind of deception in order to work. Um, and I thought it was really cool uh, that in, I didn't want to get into the ethics of deceiving sick people and vulnerable populations in the name of science, but I find it interesting that in some cases you need to lie in order to uncover the truth uh, of, you know, if things actually work. I like it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Spoken like a man. I'm just <laughs> um... <laughs> Real man. Thanks. Thanks so much for guest hosting with us tonight, Dawson. It's been fun. I enjoyed the conversation and to, you know, relive my science days because I don't get to talk about science, you know, ever. Jessica's going to be back with us next week and she'll be hosting the conversation. Conversation. Uh, she's been enjoying her hot girl summer. She hasn't <laughs> been responding to our text messages, emails, smoke signals or anything. So um, hopefully she listens to this episode and knows she's hosting next week. Um, (laughs) So it looks like y'all are in for another surprise. Um, We just love to keep you on your toes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much, Dawson. Um, Like we said at the beginning, fingers crossed, hopefully our audio works. Um, Otherwise rip to all your hard work and um, your chance at being famous. (laughs) Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. We will see all of you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.